All right, welcome to Unnamed Beta Podcast, uh, episode 0.8. It's our beta. Listen, my name is Sammy Hatchesad from autoguide.com, and I'm here with my friend, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi, Ben. Hi, everyone. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, uh, and I'm excited about this podcast and uh, getting things rolling. Uh, specifically, I'm excited about our first topic today. By the way, folks who are listening or not listening, uh, we don't really have a determined format for the podcast at this point. So we're just going to talk about things that cross our desks and that we find fascinating slash hilarious slash ridiculous. And uh, Sammy found our very first um, topic for our very first podcast earlier this week. And uh, Sammy, you want to introduce that? Yeah, absolutely. So it has been announced, uh, actually it was er- announced earlier this year, and now it's actually uh, a real thing that Ford will introduce um, Amazon Alexa into its cars, integration with into its cars, which I think is uh, is interesting, isn't it? Well, Sammy, I'm Canadian, and I don't fully understand Alexa. Could you tell me and people who are listening what Alexa is? I believe the best way to describe Alexa is that it is a Amazon-powered digital assistant, uh, much in the same way that Siri and uh, Google Now and whatever other Google project is currently happening. I think uh, Duo is one, and I think the new thing that they just announced for their Google Pixels is another digital assistant that they're using. But essentially, so what, yeah. But what, what, what would I do with it? Like, I could, I, I can tell Alexa to like. Is it home automation? Is it scheduling? Is it ordering stuff from Amazon? Like, what, what, what I'm getting at is why would Ford want to partner with Alexa? Like, what's in it for Ford owners? Um, to get in on that, on that much coveted Internet of Things um, brand, that they can put that, that little title in their, in their press release, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. I actually, while, while you were talking... To the Internet I, of Things, right? Yeah, and while you were talking, I wasn't listening to you. I was instead Googling um, Alexa, and I found the a news story on the Ford-Amazon partnership. And the story leads with the ability for, let's say you own a Ford, like a Mustang, and you're driving home in your Mustang, and you want it to be warm in your house when you get there. Apparently, you can do that through your car, through Amazon Alexa. Um, and Conversely, you could also start your car from your desk using Alexa, too. So I'm just going to say that I don't really think anyone wants to use this service, and I don't think anyone's asking for it. What do you think, Sammy? Um, No, there's got to be somebody out there. There's got to be someone out there, I mean, who heard or who uses Amazon Alexa. They have these echoes, you know, these devices, they're echoes. They're like little speakers that you can set up around your house, and they're always listening. You just go, uh, hey, Alexa, and it turns on, and you do something. So they want to obviously tell Alexa all about their brand new Ford. And I think that's it. They become, it's like her. It's like uh, you become so infatuated with your Amazon Alexa that you kind of want to tell her, hey, why don't you fire up my, uh, you know, my Ford Mustang uh, GT with the track package and the leather package. Yeah, and just, and just fire it up and rev it in the garage. Like, I don't even want to go anywhere. I just want my neighbors to know that I paid more for the 5-liter V8, and I put an aftermarket exhaust on it so it would be a little louder than stock. And I want everyone in my condo development to, to feel my fury. And, and I can do that without having to leave my desk or my own home. Man, can you imagine, like, this, this ability to fire up your car from uh, your Amazon Alexa um, and you not being anywhere near it, you're you're like you're doing it over the internet now. Not even like on your. I don't even know if it needs to be on your same network now. 
No, probably not. It's probably just IP based, so you can do it from anywhere. And 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 what's even better is the the potential for pranking. Yeah. It's off the charts because all I have to do is record you saying Alexa start my Mustang and I can just play that anywhere in your house apparently because you have this network of constantly listening sonar speakers. And I just want to touch on that for a second. Does that mean that Ford and or Amazon or now both could just constantly monetize everything that comes out of my mouth? Um, like in the form of data gathering. If, if I have Alexa in my house or in my car, uh, is that just being collected and then monetized somehow? Like much how Google scans email that comes in through Gmail? Are they going to be scanning my regular conversations and then sending me super cool targeted advertising? Look, Ben, they're, they, they provide a service that's essentially free. All they need to do is steal all of your privacy. Okay? They just I hesitate to have access to... to your entire life and what well, you're saying at all times. What's wrong with that? That's perfectly that's a reasonable that's a reasonable trade off in my opinion. Well, I hesitate to call it a service. I I think they're providing a novelty. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Um, I'm reading more about this, and apparently it was announced at CES. I attended CES, and I don't remember this happening. But that doesn't mean anything because CES is enormous and overwhelming, as you discovered yourself. Um, Not only that, but it's in Vegas. And, yeah. Uh, and I have no idea. I Sometimes I didn't even know if I was in a press release uh, or in a press conference or if I was just taken in the latest Cirque du Soleil. Well, it's funny because I remember we were both at CES this year attending the Audi press conference, which was... Uh, very interesting in terms of its scope and its reach. But I mentioned Audi because I remember two, three years ago being at the A3 launch, the uh, the, the compact uh, sedan that they've got out there now. And when they brought out the new generation, um, there was some talk of home integration. And then I believe Mercedes followed up on that in the last year with talking about how to integrate a vehicle with a smart home, which again, Internet of Things. And the idea with the Mercedes vehicle, it wasn't like what Ford's doing with Amazon, it was the the sense was the car would communicate with your home automatically, so the home would know when the car had left the house and it would know to turn down heat. It would know uh, when you were coming home and get the house ready. It would be able to send messages to the vehicle if there was something you needed to pick up on your way home. And I mean that level of automation, it it, it sounds great and kind of like a, a popular mechanics 1966 kind of way. But at the same time, it really overlooks a lot of things. Like just because the car leaves the house doesn't mean there aren't still people in the house, you know? Like or animals, leaving, yeah, or, or animals. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you don't want to just kill the heat yeah. because the car is gone. Uh, <laughs> that's which, the, that's the number one way you determine whether or not a house. I mean, there's somebody in. I mean, that's how robbers, that's how thieves usually operate. They wait for a a car to leave. And then they got, then they jump into the house. It happens. Every that's time. true. That's that's what happened in Home Alone. Yeah, I mean, the family left the house. The home shut down. Kevin Arnold was trapped in the house because it was automated, and the the, the wet bandits broke in, and you know shenanigans ensued. And I think there's sequel potential here too for like yeah. a fourth or fifth. I don't know where they Assuming are in the Home the Alone internet franchise. Of things really works out. This will this will definitely be the next. The next There's got to be a Culkin brother who hasn't been on screen yet, and at this point, I feel like Internet of Things is providing a window into a new career, or at least a new revenue stream for Macaulay Culkin's parents, and Kieran Culkin, and there's probably a, a Sapphire Culkin, and a, uh, uh, I don't know, a Datsuk Culkin out there somewhere. I, I'm just kind of spitballing here, but... Yeah, I mean, your Culkin knowledge goes way beyond mine. Well, but... if, <laughs> what I'm saying is if you're a Culkin agent... Give me a call, or just drive. Open the door to your Ford and say, "Hey, hey Alexa, <laughs> I want yes. I want Benjamin Hunting to greenlight a Home Alone sequel, and Alexa will make your wish a reality because that's how the Internet thing works. It's it's a way of making the impossible possible. 
Can we go um, back to that? Can we just talk about this? I heard this recently this year, this Internet of Things, um, and Volkswagen was also promoting the same thing, that your car will talk to your fridge because, you know, they've had, they've had some, you know, relationship issues in the past, but now they're, they're opening up that communication again. And your car will notify you when you're low on groceries. But you see now with this Amazon Alexa integration, I don't even have to worry about that, do I? If the, if the no, because <laughs> your fridge can tell your car to order more milk. If the, if the, I mean, if the, if the, if the Alexa can order the, the groceries for me, what does my car integration have to do with any of that? Well, you don't want your car to feel left out. I mean, I think that's really what this is um, all about here. It's it's creating a relationship between you, your car, and your fridge. And that wasn't possible before the Internet of Things. That was something that you had to work really hard at doing. I mean, some people have a fridge in their garage because they hang out in their garage, but most people don't. And bridging that gap between car and fridge or even car and uh, stove or car and Internet-enabled television, that's the, that's the next frontier of, of human-appliance interaction. <laughs> Are you sure it's just not people wanting to use the phrase Internet of Things at all times for to describe everything? I think that's what's going on right now. I think that's how the Ford uh, the designers went. They were given this thing to go, hey, you know what? Get this Internet of Things working. I think, you know, there's probably some truth to that. Um, let's, let, let's, let's be honest. Every car company is looking for a way to make themselves relevant uh, in an era where they're increasingly being presented as not being important to the next generation of potential car buyers. I personally don't believe that's true. I really don't feel that um, the reason people aren't buying cars is because they're not tech-enabled. I mean, if, even if you want to say people aren't buying cars, I mean, sales over the last four or five years have been great. It's just that upcoming demographic, right? As I call it, the Sammy demographic. Yes. That not everyone is like you and went out and bought a BRZ and, hey, and enjoys wrong, driving. You got the wrong one. I don't have. Oh, I'm sorry. You have the FRS. That's right. I'm sorry. Assumed I'm sorry. to be 86. But you know what? That's not the point. I mean, I don't think it matters. Tech enabled, whatever. It's about the cost. About how much time you spend driving a car. People are moving closer to the city anyway, so stuff like that is no longer as relevant. That like cars are just not as relevant as they used to be because of that. But, I think it's a I think it's a cost thing. I don't even think it's necessarily a relevance thing, but cars are really expensive, not just in the sense that the purchase price is expensive because there are affordable cars out there, but the cost of ownership is way more than it used to be. I I've been driving that long. I've been driving 20 years, but I remember that's a, when that's I a got lifetime, my, man. That's almost a life sentence in prison. <laughs> well, well, during this life sentence in prison, I can in tell a you car. that the, Yeah, in a car, I can tell you that insurance costs, um, registration costs, and then and, you know, even if you look at something like fuel costs and parking, all of that has outpaced inflation. Yeah. And it, it's tough. If, if you're a student and you're going to school and you have to pay for parking at home and you have to pay for parking at the university and then you have to pay for uh, some some type of, um, I don't know, tolls on your way in and out of the city where you're going to school, even those kinds of things on top of fuel prices, uh, that really adds up. And why do that when you can take the train or the bus? I don't think it's because people are choosing iPhones over cars. I think it's because life has just created a budgetary system where they have to prioritize their money and it can't go to cars like it used to. Okay, well, we figured it out. I've got it right now. You see, 
because cars are so expensive, you're going to subsidize that cost by using Amazon Alexa or Google uh, Android Auto, and you can just provide them with all of your personal information, and that'll help. Uh, you know, they'll 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 use all of that data. They'll sell that data to advertisers, and boom, you're going to get a free car out of it. But you know, you're just going to get bombarded with constant advertisements and and uh, <laughs> clicks to whatever Amazon, whatever thing you you searched on Amazon. Well, what what what's going to be amazing is when uh, you know autonomous in 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 100 years when autonomous cars become a reality, um, the the Google car will monetize all of your Alexa talk and then drive you automatically to the nearest uh, advertising partner where you'll be able to spend the money that's been earmarked specifically for that advertiser before it even hits your bank account, and then you'll just go home and you'll have a complete retail experience wherein you've had not you, you haven't had to participate at all. It just happens for you now. It's amazing, and and that's Internet of Things is going to make that a, a possibility. I think that's possible. That's definitely that's definitely I can see that happen. You could just be like, oh, you know what? I was thinking about that new uh, those that that new iPhone uh, 24. And then you know you'll suddenly be ferried uh, to the uh, to the Apple Store as soon as you're finished work because you've got the free time because Google has your calendar in its in it, in it has your calendar and knows when you're off of work so you're just going to be ferried to the nearest uh, uh, Apple Store on your way home because uh, it can do that and you and it'll it'll pop you out there and you'll walk out and the the Apple genius uh, will be like oh Ben I've been expecting you. Listen, why don't you come down and sit uh, sit right next to me, and we can talk to you about this uh, this new app, this new iPhone. Uh, and I want the app, I want the Apple Genius to be a robot by this point too. I don't want to have to talk to another human being. I don't want to have to deal with the fact that there's another human being beside me that's that's officially labeled a genius, <laughs> and and I don't have that name tag on. And I feel that that's a that's a power discrepancy right there, and it's not a great way to start a relationship of any kind. But you know? you're okay with the robot being called a genius. Well, I'm okay with it being a genius model robot. I mean, I don't. I I feel like that's just marketing. So, what, I mean, what will happen? I mean, I'm just trying to get this like out of my. Yes, you got the free car, but it's going to constantly sell you everything that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're the product, right? And also, you know, like if if you're hungry, you get in the car, and the car just takes you to the nearest restaurant that's been approved by Google or that's having, you know, that, that that's that's. Paid for the Google ad that 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 you inadvertently clicked on by sitting down behind the <laughs> yes, steering the non steering wheel of your non drivable car, and and of course Google has a list of your food allergies and um it's not yeah, going to murderize you because of all those emails you send back and forth to your doctor asking about you know that exactly your robot doctor your robo doctor yeah I yeah, think your your Google doc uh your Google doc. Yeah, your Google Docs, uh, doc, doc, your singular, singular Google Doc. But um, where does Amazon fit in, into all this? How are they? They're going to sell you those prescription pills. They're going to sell you all your accessories you need for your. Uh, how does Google? How does Amazon get a slice of this? Especially uh, well, maybe port. maybe Amazon owns all restaurants at this point. Maybe Amazon has put all the independent restaurants out of business with their with their Amazon Food Prime delivery service, uh, and it just drone drops food on your roof. And then you have a slot, and you push a button on the slot, and it, it jumps down into the, the single space room that you live in because by this point, overpopulation has become such an issue that we no longer have the ability to individually own homes, um, which is perfect because the sharing economy, we really don't have to own anything. So you're just going to hot bunk it. With, how, do we have a, how do we have a car <laughs> if, it's over, if it's overpopulated? Where are we going and all this? Well, it's not your car. I mean, it's, I mean, it's quote, unquote, your car. But it's, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's like your bed. It's, you're sharing it with you know, human citizen six three eight two nine four five. Right, 
I'm, yeah, I mean, and that's yeah. not unreasonable. Um, that is another, that's another point, though. Like, I mean, you want to talk about the sharing economy and stuff like that. We we are subsidizing our cell phones most of the time. Um, and could cars be the next? Could, I mean, a lot of I think automakers are seeing or want to market cars as the next phone, the next gadget, right? And this is one way they can do it by saying, "Oh, we if we've got apps too. Check it out, Amazon Alexa." All right. <laughs> It's true. I, you know what? I don't want an app in my car, and I don't need it because I have the phone in my pocket. And I don't see the integration between these two devices as being beneficial to me. I see it as another level of complexity that's completely unnecessary. Um, I don't need a car to be all things to all people. I, I need a car to transport me. And whether I own that car or not and it's transporting me somewhere is, is not super relevant. I mean, I like owning cars because I happen to like that. But I'm not saying that in the future that might not be the same model that's being used. But the the idea that I'm going to be using a car to check Facebook or to send tweets, um, it just seems optimistic at best. And I personally don't know anyone who does that. Uh, I don't know. How about you, Sammy? Do you do you, do you Facebook Live uh, in your car? Uh, not while I'm definitely not while I'm driving. Um, I don't even know when the last when I've ever Facebook Live uh, like voluntarily. Um, <laughs> you want to? Do you want to expand on that? I mean, we have to do it for the. We have to do it for Auto Guide uh, occasionally on on our Facebook page. But we're standing still. We're talking about cars. Why not? Um, and otherwise, my own personal Facebook page has no place for anybody who's interested in talking um, or looking at me talking about cars some more because that's pretty much all I do, anyways. Um, <laughs> but like, that's tough. That's really tough. Um, I think this whole uh, autonomous car idea. People are going to be spending time on their phones. They're going to be catching up with their friends using Facebook or Twitter or Instagram um, or even catching up on work. They, that's what that time is going to save them by them not having to look out the window and drive a car. Isn't that what the, isn't that what the dream is? Of course. The dream is to be as productive as possible before you put in a battery pod and use to power the rest of civilization. I mean, this is the truth. You're, I think the autonomous car is not going to be a luxury. It's going to be something that you're going to use in order to work more, to be more productive. And people are going to expect that out of your nine to five workday will just include your commute, too. That's entirely possible. But I mean, even getting back to the Internet of Things, um, I've had the chance to speak with in, in some people who are directly involved with uh, rolling out these technologies. And the reality is, if you look at any type of device, retail or not, it has a definite lifespan. And once this lifespan is over, it's no longer feasible to continue using that in an economic way. I mean, once a phone is obsolete, we don't keep upgrading the hardware on that phone, we get another phone. So if you have a device like a, a car, and that car is five years old, and it has this Alexa integration or another Internet of Things integration, chances that it's going to be able to access the latest and greatest um, technologies and communication standards and et cetera, et cetera, are going to be pretty low. Uh, that's a problem that we've already seen in infotainment systems in cars where the, the technology moves so fast that you have a five-year-old car. The life cycle of a vehicle design between five and seven years, I mean, at the shortest – you, you you really start to see these problems cropping up already. So once you integrate Internet of Things, how are we going to keep up with the pace of technology alone? How fast do I mean how how advanced do these computers in these cars have to be uh, for the inter, for, for the Internet of Things compatibility or capability? Uh, I don't I don't even think it's a question of um, or hardware power, specifications yeah. and power. I think it's a question of functionality, uh, the car and design. The vehicle is designed to do one thing. It gets sold 
four years later, there's a new thing that people want to do, and this car can't do it because why? Because it's a car, and it's not a it's not a disposable technology product. And Internet of Things, ultimately, all of those devices are going to have to be disposed of and recycled. Um, it's going to be a huge burden. We're talking about millions, if not tens of hundreds of millions of devices in the future if you look at how the industry is rolling out um, this technology. And cars are going to be left by the wayside. Uh, it's, it's a classic case of companies leaving their core competency behind. Yeah. And chasing a, t- a technological frontier that doesn't belong to them, rather than simply partnering. Um, I mean, you could say this is a partnership with Amazon, but it's not. Amazon's not going to be responsible for integrating Alexa devices into every Ford vehicle indefinitely. Ford's going to have to engineer that solution. And, what, and I mean, doesn't that also leave people who don't use Amazon Alexa in like? Aren't they going to be really confused about this feature that they're not getting, and they're going to want to? They want to. They're going to want to get uh, a good Siri integration or good uh, Google Now integration or whatever other technology is coming out uh, in the near future. That's a perfect point, and that's going to cost money. Or they're they're going to get that from from Google or from Apple. There, someone's going to have to pay some money there um, to to provide that service. And then not only that, what happens when that service dies? I mean, uh, hey, have you heard of this this thing called like Google Google Buzz? Or any of the other random Google uh, services that just were like, you know what, we were we were toying around with that. That's not gonna that's not gonna continue anymore. And you've yeah, lost a, no. now you've lost a feature in your car. Or you know, if if your car was equipped to integrate with Friendster, you're probably pretty upset right now. What on earth is Friendster? You see, Friendster is is Facebook before there was Facebook. Um, or, you know, if you had a MySpace integration in your car. I mean, we laugh about this kind of stuff, but this stuff is real. And those people were spending millions of dollars to develop these these websites and these social media networks, and now they're gone. Uh, and car companies have managed to survive as long as they have because they're not ephemeral, and they're providing a product that, you know, exists in the real world. It, it's not a speculative product. And trying to bridge um, into an industry that, is very used to moving on to the new new thing whenever the winds change. That's it, it's dangerous. I mean, you know what? Ford's probably not paying a lot of money to do this. I, I don't think it's going to shake Ford to the financial core if the Alexa partnership doesn't work out, and if no one turns out using it, it's probably very low risk for them. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know. It it, it seems like Internet of Things is such a nebulous concept right now. And to go all in on something okay. like Alexa integration it, at this point, I don't know, man. Well, I mean, for me, I want to know, they want to do this. So Internet of Things is slowly creeping up everywhere. I mean, I don't know if you saw the Google announcement um, the other day, but they, they too want to do this. They want to, main, they want to have Internet in everything in your house. They want to, they want to connect your, your speakers to, to your phone, and they want you to, to figure out everything, right? Um, there has to be a way that Internet of Things can work with a car. How how can we how can we make those two connections? Um, that the that you can have a, a home, an internet connected home, and an internet connected car. How can they talk to each other in a way that we're that we're going to be uh, actually usable? How what what well, way would you find interesting? I have a suggestion. How about we focus on making Bluetooth work properly? Well, because that's a technology that's how old now, <laughs> and it's still a consistent roadblock. I mean, what, you and I drive 100 cars each a year, right, yeah. roughly? Okay. And how many of those cars does Bluetooth not work smoothly? I, You know, sometimes I blame that on my phone. I have too many profiles, and I have to start wh- you know, like swiping some or something. Like you know why you blame it on your phone? <laughs> because you've been conditioned to blame yourself, Sammy. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're not the problem here. Oh. 
the problem is we have a, uh, Bluetooth is not a new technology. It's not a perfect technology, but it is a technology that doesn't work all Are the time. Are you suggesting that I'm holding the iPhone wrong? That's why I got such poor reception. I'm suggesting that. Um, uh, well, I know for me, it's 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 my fat fingers hit every button every time. That that's what happens. But I'm just, you know, there's so much about connected car technology right now that doesn't work, and whether that's a problem with Bluetooth, whether we reach the limits of what Bluetooth can do realistically for data transfer inside a vehicle, and we need some kind of new technology. I mean, that's entirely possible. But there's so much right now that doesn't work properly, and we're we're reaching for pie in the sky features that are not necessarily. No, I'm I'm going to be blunt. No one's asking for this. There's not a single customer who's gone into a Ford dealership, an Audi dealership, a Mercedes dealership and said, hey, I want my car to talk to my house. That is the smallest use case you can find out there. And these, these, it's almost a scattershot approach to sending out features, hoping people will, will be interested in them, and then trying to build a business case around that. And then, well, I mean, and then saying, we're the guys who, ha- we're the guys who got that or got that first to so come and buy our yeah. car. Like, that's, what, that's all that matters, honestly. Uh, I only buy Mercedes Benz because they had the first car, right? <laughs> like they did it first. Like, <laughs> and are there really people who do that? Are there really people who are, you know, the early adopters? I mean, outside of the Tesla family, are there really early adopters who make that much of a difference? I mean, I'm looking at some of the other functionality that Alexa is going to provide for the Fords. Um, you can use an Echo device to not just start the car, but you can lock and unlock the car. You can check if it's a, a hybrid. You can check the range between charges. Um, if all of those features are currently available from almost every automaker using proprietary um, apps like Nissan Connect, um, I, I Chevrolet has through OnStar, all of these features are already available. I, I'm pretty sure that every car company, I'm not sure if Mazda has uh, anything available currently. They might be one of the, the companies that's uh, on the way um, Bring it on to the developing way. that technology or, or getting it out to the entire range of vehicles. But um, it's nothing new. It's just the fact that Amazon is involved now so that you can – I mean, you could do all this from your desk before using your phone, using the app that came with your car. Right. You know, it's it's just a different flavor of, of functionality we've always had, except now you can do it in reverse. I mean, before you couldn't, you know, affect anything in your home using your, your Nissan Wings or Nissan Connect app. Yeah. And now, now you'll be able to do that with Alexa, assuming that, you know – you're cool with with having yet another third party technology company involved in your relationship with your car. And it's, you know what's another thing that we're going to have to update eventually too, right? Like when the the compatibility is low or when you know think something's not working right or it's buggy, oh I've got to update my the app in my car now. Uh I guess I can't use that feature now. <laughs> no, it's it's true and 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 like like I was saying before about stuff becoming obsolete from a hardware perspective. Um, car companies have historically not been good at updating um, infotainment systems and navigation systems. It's not, I mean, it's its not a great system. Uh, it's There's a lot of privacy concerns if you think about the idea that I buy a car and then the car company can still access it remotely without me knowing and send me updates, you know, quiet updates over time. Some people aren't going to be interested in that. They're going to freak out about it, rightly or wrongly. And uh, they're going to, as a result, I think car companies will add in things like, hey, we want to send you an update, yes or no. And then you have to rely on the owner saying yes, or you're going to end up with a ragtag fleet of cars out there with a variety of different OSs and, and updates and whatnot running around. Okay, this brings up another interesting point. We want we want home-to-car communication, but uh, I think down the line, a lot of a lot of car companies are, are visualizing uh, car-to-car communication, which I think is cool. I always want to talk to other cars um, on the on the 
on the street or, you know, send a little emoticon to that cute girl over there or, you know, give that guy the middle finger because he cut me off. I think car-to-car communication, that's going to be something cool. That's better than the – that's like that's like real Internet of Things, Internet like the Internet of the Street. That's what it should be called. Right? Internet of the Street. Yeah. Did you just say that? Yeah. I think that's something Chuck D would have said <laughs> if, if Public Enemy – had come 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 to uh, the fore in 2005 rather than 1987. You just wait. You just wait. They're going to market Internet of the Street. Well, you know, it's funny because your definition of car-to-car communication, I think, is pretty different from what what the uh, international electrical engineers are, are are trying to get a get as a standard. Or whoever whoever's running the standard is it uh, SAE who's doing that for autonomous cars and communication? I, I sure hope so. I hope someone competent is on it. Well, <laughs> it. I know that I know that whenever I've heard people talk about car to car, it's been to try and communicate that a vehicle is approaching, and it's it's done fully, fully transparently between the vehicles, and it's it's also car to car is kind of a misnomer because the communication also occurs between infrastructure like traffic lights right. and uh, construction zones and and that kind of thing. I mean, it's not necessarily the Sammy's trying to pick up the person in the car beside him technology, which maybe Alexa can help you out with. I don't know, but. Uh, yeah, I could see that as being way more helpful, at least from a safety standpoint, rather than being able to order eggs from my car when I'm out at home. But maybe I just have a block about it. Maybe, you know, like, maybe there is something useful. Maybe this whole refrigerator thing is just a tired trope, um, and I need to get over myself. But, I mean, I think that's, I think that's you know, you can talk, we can talk car-to-car to car to communication, just like you did right then, and... Um I'll stifle a yawn because I don't really care. I can see a car coming towards me. I can see the light turning red. But I you don't. can't always. You can't always. <laughs> what do you mean? No, I mean you, can't, you can't always see that car that's coming because maybe the headlights aren't on. Or you can't always see the lights turning red because maybe there's a, a semi-truck in front of you. you can't, I don't know if you too. can market that kind of safety feature. I don't know if you really can. But you, if you can talk Internet of Things in a, in a way that consumers understand as consumers by selling them crap. <laughs> But in, does anyone really does anyone that. really understand Internet of Things though? Like, <laughs> isn't, that why, isn't that why it's called Internet of Things? Like, uh, they couldn't just like they couldn't finish that. They couldn't Internet of Things. Just Internet of stuff. Stuff. Just you know, stuff. <laughs> things. <sighs> well, I guess we've wrapped it up real nicely right there, right? Well, we've certainly talked a lot of. Uh, a lot of guff. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? At least it's interesting. I mean, to a certain demographic <laughs> that that this kind of stuff is happening. I know uh, at, at uh, one of the websites that, that I work with, Slashgear, we, we do a lot of Internet of Things um, devices. Um, there's, there's no shortage of retail products that are designed to uh, integrate your home, automate your home, or make things easier for your life based on communicating between one appliance, one product to another. And I think that kind of technology makes a lot more sense than a car being involved the way that Ford has brought Alexa into this situation. I'm not saying there's not a way where it couldn't make sense, but I just don't think we're there yet. I see something, you're going to think I'm crazy now, I mean, further than you already do, but I can see someone like Mitsubishi uh, being able to do this, because doesn't Mitsubishi have like a huge branch? They can they provide consumer goods like TVs and 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 other and other gadgets around your house in addition oh, sure. to cars, and they can no, have this... like this unify. Maybe that'll put them back on the map, like by having this this uh, ecosystem of Mitsubishi Connect, the Internet of Mitsubishi. I mean, <laughs> I mean, why not? I, it, there's certainly an opportunity there for any car company that wants to uh, create a partnership that will have a meaningful impact on sales. I I just don't see 
people being interested. I don't see people making a decision by, to buy a car based on this type of technology or this type of integration. Maybe one day, but right now we're not there. And then I know people are going to be like, oh, Ben, why don't you just let the, the, the market build itself and it'll create the demand as the technology you know, becomes more mature. And sure, that's fine. Someone has to be first. But I just don't know if this is the right way to do it. Okay. I mean, if I did know, if I did know, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We'd be on a private island somewhere, you know? That'd be pretty cool. Doing a very different podcast. Do, doing a, the private island podcast. That's right. This is the private island podcast starring Sammy Hedgesad and Benjamin Hunting. Yeah, and, and then, you know, at the end of the recording, you throw it into a USB key, and you put the USB key in a bottle, and you throw the bottle in the ocean. Yeah, I like that. That's old school. That's inter- internet, internet of waves. Internet of waves. <laughs> Internet of, Internet of Beaches. Not even on the radar yeah, we've at come this up point. With all sorts of great business plans here. Um, okay, so you, you're telling me that you will not be able to, like, like selling a car using Amazon Alexa, especially a Ford. I mean, we're talking about, in fact, the, 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 the release I heard involves the Ford Fusion um, Energy, the Ford okay. C-Max Energy, and the Ford Focus Electric. Now, why do you buy those cars if not for the Alexa integration? Because I've driven all three of those cars. And um, why don't you tell me why you buy any of those three cars? I can tell you that very, very few people buy those cars because, yeah. well, no, not because there's anything wrong with those cars, but because the segment that they're in is so tiny, uh, especially, you know, um, battery operated electric vehicles like the, Fus- the, the Focus Electric. Mm-hmm. It's a very, very niche market. But even in a vehicle like the, the Energy Hybrid, which is a very good car, um, it's an extremely small percentage of fusion sales. So is this a way for Ford to debut the partnership in a way that doesn't impact their, their primary buyer base? I'm going to tell you exactly what it's for. It's, it's a way for them to put those three cars on the map again when all their competitors are doing something that's far more interesting. We've got Chevrolet talking about a, uh, a 200 and some odd mile uh, Bolt EV. We've got uh, Toyota just revealed the new Prius or is letting people drive the new Prius Prime. These are more interesting um, battery electric vehicles and plug-in hybrids. You're not wrong. That's 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 a very good point, and I had not considered that. Uh, Boom, baby. And we are feeding into it right now. <laughs> oh, no. We, we are helping. Well, no, it's not a bad thing, but we're, we're helping the, the Ford PR machine get the word out about those three vehicles that you specifically mentioned. And I'm, you know, maybe a little suspicious that um, you have a secret sponsorship agreement going on with the Blue Oval. Mm-hmm. And that's why you brought it up, but I'm I'm just going to let that lie there, and we'll we'll see what happens with it. Uh, well, I do have my Amazon uh, Echo Boost over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering when you were going to work that in. <laughs> right there, uh, it's it's right there. Uh, Amazon uh, Alexa, what uh, what kind of aluminum does the new Ford F one fifty use? Uh, hey there, Sammy. It's uh, it's military grade aluminum. Don't don't just call it regular aluminum. Why does your Alexa have that voice? Does Alexa talk back? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm completely out of the Alexa loop. I you know I, I think it's because um, Amazon in Canada is not as big of a force as it is in the United States because our country has too too few people and it's too big, so ordering stuff through the mail is much more expensive. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me you write for Slash Gear, uh, a, a a publication of targeted towards uh, the U.S. audience, and you live in Canada? 
I do live in Canada. It's actually not targeted towards a U.S. audience. Oh. It's targeted towards a global audience. A global audience. And I will have you know that Slash Gear is a globally distributed company with offices in the United States, Canada, and Japan. Those are That's the whole globe. Well, I mean, connect <laughs> the dots, my friend. Connect the dots. And yeah, the globe is in there. That is the whole globe. Awesome. Yeah, we, have a glo- we have a global audience uh, based on the, the comments. Um, yeah, I hear you on that. Uh, I don't know much about Amazon Alexa either. We just made this whole podcast up, right? <laughs> um, that's 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 interesting. I'm I'm very excited to know what. I mean, I love hearing how how automakers are partnering up with tech companies because tech companies have all these pie in the sky ideas and um, they're what's the word I'm looking for? Immersive. People get um, hyped for all these announcements. I mean, the way people lost their um, their marbles about the Tesla Model Three um, and the and the thousand dollar reservation. That went nuts, man. And it's true. But you know, Tesla aside, all these tech companies also share something in common where they don't have immense capital costs associated with manufacturing. So they're able to take a risk on a product and at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, most of their investment has gone into people. Um, people in time. Whereas if you're a car company and you spend a billion dollars to develop a platform, because that's what it costs to start from scratch in the auto industry these days. At the end of the day, in that situation, if it doesn't work out, you're eating a huge number of capital costs that could theoretically cripple your company. Okay, so you're going to sell a car. Um, you don't. There's no service. There's no software that you can sell that will make a car a better car than another one. That's not true. What is it? I mean, you. There's an entire aftermarket based on selling you better software. What, like, or your for performance, uh, for fuel efficiency. Um, they, there's a, I mean, assuming that you can unlock the ECU in your vehicle, it, you can do a lot of the all vehicles from the factory are tuned very conservatively for longevity and, and efficiency. And if that's not your bag, <laughs> if you're interested in something else, then yeah, you can reprogram your car to do something else. Okay, so you say the new Ford um, Focus RS. Uh, and if you wanted to unlock, actually, not even just the Focus RS, we'll just talk about the regular Focus, um, one liter EcoBoost. Uh, okay. And you want to, you, we are going to, forget all that Amazon Alexa stuff. We're going to offer you the opportunity to punch it up a notch and, uh, and unlock, well, we won't say unlock your ECU, but we'll give you a tune where you trade off that efficiency gain that the one liter EcoBoost is known for, for a performance gain. What do you think? That's how you sell a car? No, I don't think that's how you sell okay. a car at all. I think enthusiasts are, are as I think enthusiasts are as small of a market as the people who are buying hybrids and the people who are buying cars for Amazon Alexa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. That that is that is a market that approaches zero. I, I don't think anyone is buying those cars. I, I just think that people like you and me who are into performance cars and into into um, you know modifying cars and whatnot, we're a very small demographic. And you know, like like hybrid buyers, we have a very specific uh, viewpoint when we're buying cars for ourselves and some people really, really care about getting 50 miles per gallon and that's very important to them. And then there's some people who really, really care about how many G's they can pull in a corner and that's, that's what's driving their sales. And these are both very small markets, but they're, they're, they're important markets for car companies for prestige reasons at two very different poles of the spectrum, right? The reason I ask is just like, I'm trying to get in the mindset of, of what Ford was going for and how we can like rectify that, like how we can make it better for them, how we can like, you know, say something that will that will, like provide an, an alternative to whatever ridiculous idea they just came up with. 
Well, I, I, I think it's entirely what you said. I think it's a great way to promote products that have probably fallen out of the news cycle. And that's it. Why not? That's, you know? that, that's funny because the last time we heard about this was all the way in January during CES, and now 10 months later uh, we bring it up again, and then it's going to happen again at CES, right? <laughs> it's entirely possible. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good point. All right, you heard it here first. <laughs> or second or third, <laughs> uh, depending on whether you were at CES at the Ford booth or not. Perfect. That's fun. Okay. What are we well, going uh, to talk about next time? Next time, I you know what? Uh, next week, I'm going to drive the Chevy Cruze, okay. the new Chevy Cruze hatchback, nice. um, which I'm assuming will be very similar to the sedan, which is a vehicle I like. But with more cargo space. Yes, with more cargo space. Well, you know, remains to be seen. I assume there'll be, I think um, it's about double what you can get. Maybe a little more than double, two and a half times what you can get in the sedan. I haven't Holy. seen the exact numbers. Uh, I I will be doing something far more interesting. I'm going to be joining BMW um, for their next 100 celebration over in LA. Oh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> what will happen at the celebration? What will happen? What will yeah, happen? Like, um, well, I believe they're going, to unveil a, they're going to unveil a new uh, next 100 concept. Okay. Um, one that has to do with the motorcycle, and they're going to have the other ones there, the Mini, the Rolls, and the BMW. Uh, I think there's two BMWs. Well, that sounds fun. Uh, and I'm going to ch- yeah, I'm going to try to talk to somebody and ask them uh, what their what their deal is and why they brought me out here to look at these things. And and you also need to ask them why they don't have the Internet of Things. I bet you all of those next 100s had the Internet of Things, and then during that 100 year cycle that they're supposed to preview, um, got rid of it. They're now there's something better than the internet in the next 100 years. Internet 2. Internet 2. I've been waiting for that forever. Yeah. Internet 100. And, uh, oh, I also forgot to mention this weekend, I am. it's the last track day of the year for me in the Datsun. Uh, for those of you who don't know me because we're total strangers, um, I've had a project Datsun Z car from the 70s for the last two years. And um, it's been an adventure, uh, lots of parts breakage, but uh, I'm headed down to New Hampshire Motor Speedway with my father to shake it down for the last time this year, and I'm feeling pretty confident that nothing will break and that I'll drive it home. You just got a, you just got a significant part of that um, looked after, right? Yeah, it was time for the cooling system to go away and come back again. Um, the the sketchy radiator that was in the vehicle when I bought it is now gone, and so are the ugly red braided hoses that were all throughout the engine bay, which were disintegrating from the heat and just general crappiness of their manufacturer. So uh, also an electric fan is in there now, which is nice because the car revs so much better compared to, I mean, obviously it's it's seat of the pants feel, but compared to the mechanical clutch fan that was in there before, it's it's a nice change. So um, we'll see how that goes. As long as I can drive it home, I'm going to be happy. But all uh, those that's... but all those old things added character, didn't they? Now you've no, stri- not really. You've stripped it of its character, I think. If by character you mean uncertainty, then yes, there was a whole bunch of character going on every time I took a long road trip. Is your dad going with you? Uh, I mean, sorry, yeah. is your dad bringing his car? Uh... Yeah, he, he has a, a Fox Body Mustang that uh, he has converted for road racing, and that's that's what he'll be driving. And it's fun because um, now that I'm in the Datsun, we're in the same run group in the club that we run in, so I get to uh, be on the track with him at the same time. Very cool. I can't wait to do this next week. Uh, when are you? When do you get back from whatever you're doing? I really don't know. Oh, that depends geez. on. Uh, that <laughs> depends on. Well, you know, when I fly with Delta. <laughs> oh, here we go. It's, it's always. Here we go. It's always an adventure. Yeah. Will I get home? When will I get home? 
Um, what city will we land in? These are all up in the air when we're up in the air. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm looking forward to, to chatting with you again, and hopefully some very interesting news comes out. I, I believe that there's going to be some very ridiculous things said um, at this BMW event. Uh, probably the words dynamic will be said a number of times. Um, and I bet you um, there's something interesting going on at the, at the, at the cruise. Uh, I think so. Actually, you know what's the most interesting that's, thing that's going on th- at the cruise? I think I do. Do you? Does it start with a D? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. Um, now I'm now I'm totally reconsidering everything. You know what? Let's just keep it a surprise. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So if you're still listening at this point, thank you. Uh, and check back again. We'll have something for you uh, in the near future. And hopefully it'll have a name. Hopefully it'll have a name. And bye.